Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. Oh, yeah. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. This is the real deal. I love you. No special editions. Toggling your balls. No Christmas holiday episodes. This is the real, this is episode 32 of the Birthday Boy podcast, and I'm not going to. You've had 30 plus some odd episodes to sit through this song. <laughs> for three minutes we don't need to listen to those fucking Womack family assholes go on and on Cliffy alright <coughs> oh yeah starting it off with a bang here <sighs> so uh, yeah today is it's Sunday January 12th and I'm going to fade that out if you want to listen to the full introduction, you can listen to any any one of the other 30-some-odd Birthday Boy podcasts. But I think it's... Uh, let's just move on. Let's just get into this. Let's just get into today's podcast. Episode 32. The first official Birthday Boy podcast of the new year, 2020. I mean, last year... I, last, we, last week, I guess, technically we had... We had a very special presentation, which was episode two of Slamcast. I did some NFL picks. Uh, I think I briefly recapped the holidays, the vacation, whatever we want to call it. Not a vacation at all. For me, anyways. But uh, and then and then jumped right into into Slamcast. But today we've got a pretty pretty standard show. I've there's a brand new Cliffy call. If you stick around to the end of the show, you're gonna hear Grandma Cliff calling Cliff. Uh, there's a so that so my wife's been watching this net I think it's on Netflix or maybe it's on the Vice channel I don't know it's some kind of show and it's this dude named Pazuzu and uh I don't know it's some guy he's dead he killed himself oh yeah he got I think he got arrested he got locked up so this guy had like he he was a murderer and uh, just a crazy guy and he had you know all the he had like the vamp the teeth whittled he had whittled his teeth to just be sharp, pointy, vampire-looking, fang-type things. And uh, he killed some people, I guess. And uh, I don't know. He was an involved... Was he a meth guy? Uh, who, who even cares? I don't know. He's a scumbag. And, uh, and they locked him up, I guess. And then he used his vampire fangs to, to slit his wrists. I think something like that. Uh, which is, you know, it's pretty... Pretty resourceful, actually. Uh, anyways, he was based, he was located out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which, of course, that's where Cliffy, the real Cliff, is from Winston-Salem. So I started to wonder if there was a, a Pazuzu-Womack connection. And I'm not the only one. Grandma Cliff was wondering about that herself. So you'll hear later on 
a Grandma Cliff call, her leaving a voicemail for her Cliffy boy, baby butter boy, uh, making sure that he's not mixed up with the, the Pazuzu, <laughs> Pazuzu and his gang. Uh, but we'll get to that later. <sighs> Do I want to even... Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, I'm going to talk about NFL. Reluctantly. Oh, it's so loud. I forget how loud it is. It's so loud. Oh, God. Turn it down, Cliffy. The Monday Night Football theme song is just... It's one of my favorite tunes, but it's just too loud, Cliff. No. All right. So, so yeah, I guess I was... um, I guess I was kind of wrong about a lot of stuff last weekend. Uh, wow, Tennessee Titans. Am I right? Who saw that coming? I mean, just, you know, okay, they, they beat the Patriots already this season. So, yeah, it wasn't like a big shock that they won the uh, the playoff game. But then they beat yesterday. They beat the Ravens. Like, and not in overtime. Not by, like, three points at the end of the game. They beat them 28-12. to What the fuck? The Tennessee Titans? Oh, God, please, please don't let there be a Super Bowl with the Tennessee Titans. Or the Houston Texans. I hate that. I hate that NFC, that AFC South. Those Jaguars. By the way, how do you say Jaguar? Jaguar. I've always said Jaguar. And some people say Jaguar. Where the fuck is wire in in the spelling of that word? Where the... And then you hear, like, Jaguar. Which, yeah, I guess that's how it's spelled. J-A-G-U-R. Jaguar. Okay. Well, I've always just said Jaguar. But now people say Jaguar all the time. Like, when did that happen? When did we vote on that? I wasn't there. I wasn't there for that vote. Anyways, N- NFC South. Or AFC South. Who can stand Jaguars? <laughs> I just said Jaguar. <laughs> Dummy. Titans, Texans, oh, I, can't, I can't stand any of those teams. When any of those teams are playing anybody, I just, it's like, who cares? Uh, you know, the Colts, I guess, you know, when they had when they had Andrew Luck. Oh, Andrew Luck, you fucked up my fantasy team. Don't talk, don't talk to me about Andrew Luck. Oh, OJ, I thought, I, I don't think we've heard from OJ since Halloween, and I kind of thought maybe he was, he was done, but there he is. He's, uh, just when you think OJ is gone for good, he comes back. I wonder what I wonder what OJ's up to on Twitter. I don't know. I maybe I'll check in someday, maybe not. I really don't care. I feel like OJ's like run its course. Not on this podcast, just life in general. And I I've given OJ OJ's gotten enough attention from this podcast alone, let alone anything else. Uh but yeah, I mean, fuck. I Okay, so I was right. The Texans beat the Bills. I figured that would happen and it did. Uh, Titans beat the Patriots. That's not exactly a shocking upset. Um, that was more. I want the Patriots to win, but they didn't. They're they're done. Uh, Vikings over the Saints. I did not see that one coming either. Seahawks Eagles. Yeah, that's figured that would happen. So okay, so fifty percent. Just two and two last week. Uh, I cannot pick all of this week's games because two of those games have already happened yesterday but I can tell you I would have been 50% yesterday because I would have picked I would have picked the 49ers over the Vikings uh, which is what happened and I would have picked the Ravens over the Titans which is very much not what happened Titans 28 Ravens 12 what oh but what about today's games 
We got the Texans and the Chiefs at the Chiefs. Seahawks heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers at 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Texans Chiefs at 3.05 p.m. CBS on CBS. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs, uh, boy, oh boy, the fucking Chiefs better, they better beat the Texans. Because then you're, then you've got, can you imagine if the Texans win? Then it's Texans, Titans, and one of those scumbag teams is going to go to the Super Bowl. The AFC South will have representation in the goddamn Super Bowl. Oh, whatever. <sighs> I think the Chiefs will beat the Texans. Hmm. Then you've got Seahawks and Packers. I'm still going with the Packers. The Seahawks are really good, and they probably will win, and I'm going to look stupid. But I'm going to pick the Packers. Yeah. Packers over the Seahawks. Packers will beat the Seahawks, and then the Chiefs will beat the Texans. And then what does that mean next week? So next week it's Titans and Chiefs and 49ers and Packers. Eh, why not? Could happen. Anyway, that's it. Those are my picks. So so now who goes to the uh, Chiefs-Packers. Classic... Classic uh, Super Bowl one rematch. Not with any of the participants involved, because they're mostly all quite dead. But still, Chiefs, Chiefs Packers. That that would be a fun game. There's no question about that. As long, goddamn, as long as it's not the Texans or the Titans doing anything. Oh God. All right. I guess that's it. It's it's really hard to stretch out these songs now that there's only four. Well, in this case, two games to pick instead of. 10, 12, whatever it was. 16. Okay. That's my pick of football. Nobody cares, man. Alright, let's <laughs> Can we I'm just gonna fade this out. Oh, let's get we're not gonna we're gonna not gonna make it to the end of this song ever again, because there's fewer and fewer games. So those are my picks. The Packers and the Chiefs are my picks of the week. single from Tame Impala. Big fan, big fan, really big fan. This goes nicely with the outrageously, unseasonably warm temps that we are experiencing this weekend. Up to and including today. And then it'll go back to being January, which is good. I know, oh, it's summer, it feels like spring, this is nice. Yeah, it is, it's nice. Like, we absolutely took advantage of this unseasonable warmth yesterday and went into Boston and the kids and I, man, we went up and down all over the place. Beautiful day outside, so we went to the library so I could renew my membership that had expired like a year or two ago. But... <laughs> I, I don't know why, I just... I want that library card. Sometimes we go to the Boston Public Library and take out books. 
Why? Because why go to the library that's five minutes down the road and take out the same books when you can have an excuse to go to Boston and do it? I think that's why I like it. It gives me an excuse. If I take out some books, then I have to, like, I no longer work in Boston. I work in Westford, which is just fine because that's a lovely commute compared to Boston. But I, uh, I like to have a reason. You never need a reason to go into Boston, but... You know, returning library books is a built-in one. And then yesterday's weather was like, hey, let's do it. Let's go. Before we knew it was going to be nice weather, we said let's let's do a let's do a little little afternoon around town. So we hit the uh, we hit the library. I renewed my I renewed my card, and it was like you always kind of think like, man, it's uh, you know, am I going to get shit? Because here's the thing, I, I I live in New Hampshire, but. If you work in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, then you, my friend, can get yourself a library card, the Boston Public Library, and certainly if you work in Boston. So I brought my uh, I brought my new information because I don't want to like you know I'm I'm borrowing books I'm not exactly you know this ain't like an elaborate scam or anything but I I, I don't want to you know I don't want to go in and tell them that I'm working someplace that I'm not working because the rules are it doesn't it doesn't say you have to work in Boston. To get access to the to a library card at the Boston Library, you just have to work in Massachusetts. So I work in Massachusetts. I brought my I brought my ba- I brought all the information that I needed, and I get up to the little desk, and she said, "I said, yeah, I'd like to renew this if I could, please." And she said, "Okay, what's the uh, what's the?" And I said, "Hey, I don't live in uh, in Massachusetts, but I've been I've obviously have had this membership card, and I just want to renew it. I I." Uh, I work, uh, you know, I, I work in a different, uh, I, I live in New Hampshire, and I work in Massachusetts. Okay, great, what's uh, what's your work address? And I told her, and she said, no, that's not it. And I said, oh, well, work address A is probably what you have in the system. And she said, yes, that's the one. I said, well, that's uh, that's changed, and now it's work address B is my, my work address, as you can see by the uh, the information that I've provided you. And then she said, oh, well, she said, you know, you've got to bring a piece of correspondence <laughs> or some mail that show." I'm like, Man, what correspond? what, what age is this that I'm receiving correspondence at my work address? Especially I've been there for a week. I'm not getting correspondence. I, I'm not getting correspondence at any work. I think like maybe three times in my life have I received correspondence at a work address. And it was like garbage stuff, I think. Um, or, or, you know, something that I needed, like a badge or something that was sent to my work address from my work address. So <laughs> I said, okay. And she said, next time you have to bring in this and you have to do that. And you have to do-. I'm like, well, I have my ID. This is my ID badge. It's like, it's got, a, you know, there's a Massachusetts address. There's like, what else, what else do you need? And she's like, you have to bring this. And <clears throat> look, English wasn't the first language of this person. So I was having a hard time understanding exactly what she was telling me to do and we're going at we're going back and forth for like five minutes you have to do this you have to do this and i said okay i said so what so just tell me like so i'm not able to to renew my thing today but what do i have to do i just want to i want to borrow books that's all i want to do what do i need to and she goes oh i've already renewed your membership i said what she said yeah don't worry about it and she pointed to the screen and it shows that i now have you know two years until it expires again she goes i trust you but next time you have to and then she's like telling me that I have to like I have to say that my address is still the old the original address that's on file or bring all this new information. 
And I'm like, so basically you're telling me like the easy route is to next time just lie and say that I work at the address that I have not worked at in several, technically several years. Even though I was back with the company until October, I, my address was, was a different one within the company. So like, it's, it's very strange. I'm like, okay, next time in two years, I'll come back and I'll tell them I still work at the, uh, at the old place. So that way they don't think I'm trying to scam them. I'll just, I'll lie to make the process easier. Sounds good. It's like, what, who's, and she's telling, oh, people come in and they take out this and they take out that and then they don't return them and they, I'm like, okay, so people come in, so people who <laughs> are using fake IDs of some kind to borrow all kinds of media, movies, DVDs, I guess, Blu-rays and things, and then they're, they're selling them, okay, to which I say, well, couldn't you just go to any library and do that, like, I don't know. I get it. It's a big library. They have lots of stuff. They have lots of interesting... They have lots of classic editions of things, too. I mean, some of it's behind a glass case. You can't actually borrow some of these. Like They have like these first editions of these works of literature that I, don't, I know nothing about. But uh, anyway, so we, this whole thing, back and forth, and I'm just getting angry. Like, I came all the way here, and you're not going to renew my membership... Oh, I did renew my membership because I trust you. <laughs> and P.S., you're so trustworthy that I need to tell you that next time you need to lie and tell them that your old address is still your work address so the process just goes really quickly and they can renew your membership. And I think to myself, well, then why? What's to stop me if I don't work there? And you're telling me that I'm supposed to lie about where I work next time so that the, the process is easier? And I, like, why wouldn't I just show up let's say I did show up and told them, hey, I still work at this old address that I haven't worked at in two years. And they say, oh, okay, easy, ba-doop, 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 renewed. Why wouldn't they go through the same process and say, okay, great, we just need to verify that that's still your work address. Do you have the uh, a pay stub or your photo ID or work ID or something uh, that can help us validate that this is your, that this is your work address? Anyway, it, it was all very strange. It was very strange. Then we get, but but I'm I'm you know got my got my library card active for another two years. Um, there, there's a very good chance I don't set foot in the Boston Public Library anytime during those two years. But it's just eh, it's one of those things. I've got it at my disposal. Because I let's be honest, uh, although I'm currently not working in Boston and I have a really nice commute and what seems like a really good company. Uh, it is a sh it's a contract. It's not long term. It could end up being very long term. But let's face facts. I uh, I like to torture myself, uh, and the the long, grueling Boston commute is uh, is one of those forms of torture. And uh, I'm sure at some point I'll be back. I'll be back somewhere, working in the uh, inside the city limits. I just can't seem to stay away from that fucking place. Anyway, so I got my library card. That's nice. Kids had no interest in being in the library on a gorgeous day, and I couldn't blame them. But I wanted to go up to the children's section where we used to go and play all the time. They would hang out. We would spend hours in the children's section of the Boston Public Library, and we would get books. And we would take out books and do all this stuff, activities and whatnot. And we went up there because the, the youngest could barely remember what it looked like because it's been probably a year and a half, two years since we've even, even been in there. And so we went there, and they looked around and then said, okay, yeah, big deal. Let's get 
get out of here. Let's go outside. Okay, so we did. And we hopped back on the T, headed from Copley Square back to the Common. Uh, got on the T, and for some reason, on the Green Line, uh, what the fuck is wrong with people? We got on, and everybody's jammed in like sardines. It looks like a work day. And I'm like, wow, this is really unusual. You know, it's not like, you know, it's it's not baseball game day and they're headed to Fenway. It's There's like nothing going on. Why are there so many people? And then I realized they're just like jammed up in the front. People aren't moving back and filling in the space like you're supposed to. And I get it. Maybe your stop is one of the next one or two stops and you want to be near the door. I got it. But you still like get the fuck out of the way. But I figured, okay, well, there's only two people getting in the train behind me, and, you know, I've got the kids with me. We're going to, we got two stops and we're getting out. So I'm going to hang out near the door. So the kids are just kind of standing there. We're standing there. And this, you know, a girl gets on and a guy gets on. And obviously they want to, like, not be jammed in there. I get it. Um, I'm kind of off to the side a little bit. And, and the guy, this fucking guy, he starts doing that, like, passive, like, like, oh, gee, I sure hope nobody moves back to fill in that space. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. You just fucking ask. The girl then asks, hey, can you move back a little bit? And I said, no, not really. Because I could have, if it was me by myself, I would have pushed through. I would have gone to the back of the train. The people who were already on there should have gone to the back of the, the train car. They should have just gotten on and said, oh, there's like tons of space here. Fill in the fill in the empty space. That's what you do. That's what you do. Those are the rules. Uh, but I'm with kids rules are different when you're with kids like if you see somebody with kids a you get up and you give the kids your seat that's that's happened a lot to me i've been very fortunate that there's a lot of nice people riding the t the t who would get up and let the kids have a seat i have been in a seat where either a child a person with a young child or the elderly somebody gets on who's having a hard time walking and i will immediately get up and offer my seat um that's what you do. You just you just do that. Like if you don't need the seat and somebody like a child or the elderly needs the seat, give them the seat. Um, this wasn't happening yesterday. Okay, so now people are getting angry at me because I'm I'm like the first line of defense. I'm the first face that they see in this bottleneck of people who refuse to move to the back. I'm not refusing to do anything. The people who are closer to the back of the car are filling in the space and not allowing me to move back. But we're getting off in two minutes, so like I don't really want to go to the back either, and I've got kids. Um, so hey, can you move to the back? No, not really. I'm with my kids. Oh, okay, okay, got it. She was cool. I stepped out of the way a little as much as I could to let her try and push to the back. Then the fucking guy who was like this, you know, passive, you know, bearded hipster fuck. He walks. He's like, oh great, there you, there you go. Oh, and he's, you know, I don't know if he's talking to me. Maybe the people behind me, like, filled in this the space and moved to the back like they should have originally to let me and everybody else in. Um, and he's like, there we go. Yeah, wow, moving out of the way. And I'm like, and I just looked at him. I'm like, oh, give it a fucking rest, dude. Like, we're all we're all on here. Like, nobody's, I mean, yeah, okay, the people who were already on there taking up that space were idiots and assholes and should have gotten out of the way. But that whole, like, passive, like, oh, great, everybody. Hey, do you think you could move? Oh, now we're moving to the back. That's great. We did it. Just like, you know, you tubby, ginger-bearded fucking asshole with your too tight T-shirt and your fucking skinny jeans and your, your fucking headphones resting above your ears. You look like Princess... You look like Ginger Princess Leia, you fucking fat fuck.
Oh, I was so aggravated. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm with kid. Like, if you're with a kid, like, you don't... Not to say the rules don't apply to you on the on the subway, because they do. You still, you know, you can't be a dick. For instance, next stop, bunch of people. I said to the kids, I said, just stand right here. Hold on. I'm getting off the train for a second to let people get out. You're not going to be out of my sight. You just stand right there. I'm going to stand outside, just outside the door, on the platform, and as soon as I let people out, I'm going to hop right back in. And they were a little nervous about that, but those are the rules. If you're blocking the door and it's not your stop, you get off. If you can't move out of the way, you get off the stupid train. You, you leave you know, maybe a foot in the door so the door doesn't close on you somehow, mistakenly, you let the three or four or five, how many people, it was, it was five or six people got off at the Arlington stop, and I hopped right back in, got my spot. Because I know the rules of the train. I know how to ride a train without without being a fucking man baby, uh, you know, ginger fat, ginger fats, man baby t-shirt boy. Passive aggressive, like, oh, it sure would be nice if everybody could just move out of my way. First of all, it's not like we were in there like sardines. I wanted to say, like, motherfucker, you have you ever been here on one of the five uh, weekdays at any time during a morning or evening rush hour? Have you ever done that? Try that, asshole. Then you tell me what it's like to be jammed in here, where you can lift your feet up off the ground and, <laughs> and still be vertical. Tell me about that, you whiny bitch. God damn, dude. So anyway, so then I, I just envisioned him, uh, you know, obviously falling uh, off the platform and getting uh, rolled up under one of the one of the trains, so that we never have to worry about his uh, insufferable ways again. Yeah, so that was it. That was that was like the one, you know, it was a minor thing that most people would just ignore and move on with their lives. But I, you know, I spent the next twenty minutes with like my fist clenched, just thinking. I don't, I don't think the guy was even like talking to me. He was just, just his general like that whole approach to things is really stupid. Because I've been on the train a million times where people aren't filling in, and you know what you do? Uh, excuse me, could you move back? Or excuse me, can I move past you? You just like it's a really simple. Like, monotone, like, hey, excuse me. Even just that, excuse me. And you can get out of there. And then these these fucking people, and it's usually dudes, by the way, and they put on the theatrics, and they're like, oh, oh, I guess we'll just stand up here by the door and not fill in the rest of the train car. I suppose that's what will happen. Because I'm on the way to a merger and these giant corporations can't merge without me and my expertise on a Saturday afternoon. Fuck off, you fat ginger beard fuck. Man, oh man. Like, yeah, there's rules and there's also etiquette. And he doesn't know shit about either one. Quite frankly, could have been like his first time on the train, as far as I'm concerned. Dumb fuck. Yeah, so we uh, we hopped off and yeah, I walked through the Boston Common with my fist clenched, thinking of thinking of this fucking beard, fat ginger beard fuck. Uh, you know, just just his just his life in general. And then I felt bad because I saw like as we were walking through the Boston Common, I saw a guy with with red hair, a long beard. Clearly not him. There was, it's, it would have been impossible for it to be him because he was coming in the other direction. And I wanted to start yelling at, these guy, at this guy because he just slightly resembled the douche from the train. 
I've been riding that fucking green line for several years and have never had anything happen. I once had a guy like try to elbow me when he was getting off the train, even though like everyone else had gotten off the, you know, that's the other thing you wait on the platform train gets to the platform. I mean, it's pretty simple stuff. It's just like simple, like life stuff. You wait, not in front of the doors. You move off to the side. You let people get off the train, and then and then you all cram in like assholes into the train to try and see who gets in there first. Um, and there was one time on the red line where every we all waited. Everyone's off. Everyone's off. Everyone's off. And then nothing. And then you wait like a second. Is anybody else like stuck in the back? They're trying to. Get, nope. Okay. Great. We can get on now. We were at, we were at that stage of off the train on the train game. And we're all people in front of me had gotten on the train. I'm getting on the train. And then this this shit face is getting off the train like five minutes after everybody else. And he kind of he tries to throw his uh, elbow into me. And I, you know, I do what I do, which I throw it right back and, and then yell, you know, fuck you or something like that. Fuck off. And then, then you know, that's it. Those, that's the one interaction, the one negative interaction I've ever had. Most of the interactions are great because like riding the train in Boston, riding the T is is like. Generally, I mean, other than the unreliability of the MBTA, which is a different story, not for this podcast, uh, it's a generally pleasant experience. As far as the other riders, everyone's like, yeah, we're all in this, you know, we're in the same boat. Nobody really wants, especially during commuting time, nobody wants to be here. We're all jammed in here. It sucks. Uh, you know, you put your backpack on the floor because that takes up a bunch of space, too. You don't be an asshole. Uh, you know, you, you fill in as much space as you can. You say, excuse me, if you need to get somewhere, if you need to get off the train and there's a bunch of people, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, you need to get through. That's it. And you don't, you don't put on this fucking, you know, one man show. Oh, jeez, I, I, all that space back there. Could you imagine if somebody just filled that in? Wouldn't that be crazy? Like, shut the fuck. Just say, excuse me, you dickhead. You ginger bastard. You ginger balls bastard. Um, anyway. So, yeah, I suddenly saw this, this other ginger <laughs> walking through the comment, and I wanted to start yelling at him. Who the fuck do you think you are? You talk like that on the train, you bastard. Uh, and that was it. We walked, to the, uh, we walked to the Charles River Esplanade. The kids, we love to hang out by the river. It's gorgeous. They play on the playground. There's zip lines. There's all kinds of fun stuff to climb and play on. We went to this uh, relatively new place in downtown Crossing called Versus, which is a it's a barcade, which um, it's relatively small, not a huge space, but uh, you can get you know, obviously drinks, you can get you know burgers, that kind of thing, uh, chicken sandwich, pizza, salads, you know, bar food, pub food, French fries. Uh, you know, giant pretzels, all that shit. Just, you know, fun, uh, totally unhealthy stuff that you eat at a pub. And uh, and then for $5, you pay $5, like a $5 cover charge to get in, and that $5 gets you unlimited play on any of the video games. They have two, two wings, basically. Uh, they have, like, the bar is in the middle, and then there's a, there's a wing on the left and a wing on the right. And uh, the one wing has the pinball games, all the pinball machines, uh, classic, you know, Pac-Man, uh, Frogger, you know, all that shit. All the classic stuff. Um, Space Invaders, 
you know, the, 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 the tabletop, you know, that, that, that version of it, which is cool. Uh, a couple TVs, one was playing Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the other one was playing cartoons, so that's fantastic. Uh, then there's a room on the other side of the bar that has skee-ball and uh, whatever, the other, uh, like, uh, like hockey, uh, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter 2, uh, like Cruisin', one of the Cruisin', Cruisin' World or Cruisin' USA, one of those Cruisin' games, one of those like buckshot hunter, big game, deer hunting games. I don't remember the other ones. There's a few others I can't recall. Uh, oh, and then there's a little there's a little nook that has uh, I don't know why. I mean, I'll get to this in a second. It has a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles four player arcade game, not the classic one, not Turtles in Time, but the one from like the newer Nickelodeon one, and uh, that's a great cartoon. Uh, but the arcade game is terrible. The gameplay is really sluggish. And it's, you know, it's not, not that the classic arcade games are like, you know, not that they go down as like technically perfect video games in any way, but they're just so fun and just so easy and responsive. There's an attack button, a jump button, and the and the joystick to move your character. It's the same thing on this new Ninja Turtles game. It's just, just not as fun. It's just not as good. That's all. So if it were me, I would say, hey, let's get rid of this shitty Turtles game. And let's, uh, the space that this thing takes up, we could put in the classic Ninja Turtles game and or Turtles in Time and or Simpsons arcade game. I don't, I don't know why people don't put Michael Jackson's Moonwalker in these kind of places because that's, you know, that's also an interesting conversation piece, you know, because of the rape. Uh, uh, what else? They had, I played some NBA Jam. They had some uh, NFL Blitz. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. In the bar area, they've got nice little tables. You know, some of them have, like, giant Connect 4 that you can play. You know, they have, like... I saw somebody going around with Cards Against Humanity, so I guess you can play... They've got, like, card games and board games. And then at the bar, uh, they have three big TVs. And uh, you're not watching basketball or football. You're not watching sports. TV on the left had a Nintendo Switch with a selection of games. Uh, Smash Brothers was being played. The TV in the center was an Xbox One console with a number of games on it, and then uh, PlayStation 4 on the other TV. So you can. The only thing about that, there was some empty seats at the bar, so the kids and I went to the bar and thought, "Hey, cool, maybe we can play some uh, some Smash Brothers or something." So we ordered our food and some drinks, and uh, kids had some scotch, some whiskey. And then the, the dude says, you know, hey, it's, uh, you know, can't have the kids sitting at the bar. Which I know, I know that's just like a general law. I thought, well, if this is like a, it's like an arcade where, you know, you've got a Nintendo console at the bar. I thought, well, maybe there's an exception. The kids can sit at the bar and play video games. No such luck. So, unfortunately, the kids uh, were deprived $5, so if you're a kid, $5 doesn't get you everything. It doesn't get, you, you don't get a, the ability to play the console games, which kind of sucks. Um, the food was decent, though. Food was decent. Uh, the kids really had very little interest in playing any of the game selection that they had. Um, at this point, they've played all of those games. They've played Street Fighters, and they've played, like, the racing games, the classic, you know, Pac-Man and all that shit, so it's not, like, super exciting for them. Uh, I played a little of the Ninja Tur Turtles game by myself and, you know, some some NBA jam. And the kids, all they wanted to do was play skee-ball, which is cool. Skee-ball's fun. You never go wrong with skee-ball. So, yeah, it was good. 
it was good. Um, and then after seven o'clock, uh, no children allowed, and then it becomes a, a twenty-one and up establishment. Um, and I'm sure it gets real crazy around the Super Smash Brothers after a few cocktails at the uh, in the in the wee hours of the morning. Anyway, it was always a fun, fun place. I would go back for five dollars to just be able to play like unlimited, you know, classic games. You're gonna spend five dollars playing a couple rounds of of one of the you know of skee ball. So to spend five bucks each and to just have unlimited of all of it, ex- except for the console games, um, that was pretty cool. It was pretty good. So yeah, uh, after that, because why end why end a fun but exhausting day with those three stops? Uh, the playground, the library, and the bar slash arcade. Uh, why I go home at a reasonable hour when you can go over to the ice skating rink at the Froggy Pond. So that's what the kids did. Uh, and I'm glad we did. A, because they love skating and they're, they've both gotten very good at it. Um, B, it was a gorgeous night. You know, the moon is over the the, the, the buildings in the, in the background off on the horizon. And the Christmas lights are still up on all the trees. They, like, they put... They put all these Christmas lights way up in the in all the trees throughout the park, throughout the common. Um, so it's great, great weather. The kids love skating. It's a super, super cheap and reasonable compared to Central Park, where the kids have gone ice skating at the uh, you know the Central Park, whatever that place is called, the skating rink up by the hotel where where Kevin stayed in Home Alone Two, uh, the Plaza Hotel, um, which is a great rink, super expensive. Because, you know, the kids pay for admission, the kids pay to rent skates, the adults have to pay a bunch of money just to sit and do nothing. Um, But the Frog Pond in Boston, kids' admission is free. The skates are like six bucks to rent, which the kids own skates now. They got skates for Christmas, but we just, you know, we didn't think ahead and bring them. But it was six dollars to rent the skates, and it was five dollars for my admission. So it was like, yeah, it was like 17 bucks to get in. It was crazy. It was a great deal, and it was totally worth it because uh, most of the people on <laughs> on that skating rink last night were abysmal, maybe first time skaters. I don't know, but I every time I would every time I would sit against a wall to just like watch the kids, uh, within seconds, not just a child, but usually full grown ass adults would be crashing into the wall right in front of me, and I'm just kind of standing there like, what can I do? Like the one kid, I hear this kid like sliding around, and she falls. I just hear, and she falls, you know. And I just see like this hand, I just see some fingers like holding onto the wall, and then this face like pull herself up. And she's like, I'm like, I can't do much. I'm like, Hey, you okay? And she just stared at me and then screamed louder and kept going because I do that to children. Um, but yeah, then just like adults would come over just falling like jeans, pants soaking wet after falling in the in the ice because it's warm. So like the Zamboni's dumping all this water to smooth out the ice and it's like it's not freezing because it's not cold enough. So it's just they're just like skating on water. A layer of water on top of a layer of ice. It was, it was fantastic. Made for a lot of laughs. I wish I had recorded all of it because it would have been a good video montage. So that was it. That was, and then the kids ran around in the common for a while, and it was just a completely exhausting day, but a lot of fun. It's such a great city. God damn it, so much fun. And when you got, you know, 
you add six, 70 degree temperatures in uh, the middle of January on top of that. That makes, makes for an easy, easy day, easy trip, easy travel. It's still, I'm looking out the window. It's blinding sun. Let's take a, let's take a virtual. Oh, you hear that? You hear that with that air? That fresh, that fresh spring, that fresh spring-like air outside. Isn't it just heavenly? Isn't it just delightful? Okay, yeah. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice with a window open. I mean, it doesn't make the podcast sound any better, but you can breathe in that air with me. Ah. And that's enough. Let's get next weekend supposed to snow. Let's get that Let's get back to January, will we? I want the snow back. I know, I know. I'm I'm a nut. But I want the I want the seasons to be you know what they're supposed to be. It's nice to have a little break, and pretty much I think every year since we've lived here, there's been a seventy plus degree day, either in December or January or usually it's February. I'm sure we're still gonna get one in February. But we had uh, 2015. It was like seventy five degrees on Christmas Eve. I was so excited. It was our first Christmas in the back in the Northeast. I was excited to have, you know, like cold and put on a sweater and actually need to have it on. And uh, felt like felt like all the uh, southern climates where we had just uh, been living for the last five years. And then, yeah, the Patriots Super Bowl parade last year, that was the middle of February. It was like 75 degrees. Everybody was out. It was, you know, that numbnuts Gronk with his shirt off. I mean, he'd have his shirt off if it was negative 20, but it was perfect uh, topless Gronk weather. That meathead. Anyway, so yeah, okay, it's fine. We've had a nice weekend with these these unusually unseasonably warm temperatures. Let's get back to let's get back to January. I'm that guy. It shouldn't be any surprise. I'm the guy who spent all summer complaining about the beach and beach volleyball and barbecues and outdoor activities and birds and flowers. So yeah, it shouldn't be any surprise that I'm the same person that wants January to be. January should be January. July can be July. Come on. That's that's enough. Wait, that sun is blinding. All right. Close this. There it is. And close the blinds so I can't see the sun. Ah, darkness. Dark and cold. Just the way life is supposed to be. (laughs) Uh, All right. What else do we want to talk about? There's lots. I have no, uh, yeah, this is, so I want to, okay, here's what I want to talk about. Actually, I am, I am personally going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, whatever I can remember of Christmas vacation. I don't remember any of it, but I'm going to talk about that after I take a break. Already have 43 minutes. Jesus. I was about to talk about how these podcasts are they're probably going to get shorter. In 43 minutes, I haven't talked about any of the shit that I wrote down. Hmm. Whatever. Oh. It's exhausting. Everything is exhausting. Life. Life is exhausting, is it not? 
Um, what did I say I was going to talk about? The holidays. The holidays sucked. Uh, and it's entirely because, um, yeah, we all we were all sick. The kids were sick. I woke up on Christmas Day, Christmas morning. As soon as I woke up, took my first conscious breath. And I said, uh-oh. <laughs> you feel that tingle. That ringle, tingle, tingle. Jolly old Kris Kringle. I had, yeah, had that tickle in my throat. And it's, you know, sometimes you get it and you say, mm, this could just be dry air. This could just be, I need water. This could just be like, hey, sleep it off. You know, maybe I've been talking too much or something. It could be a number of things. Maybe I was cleaning and I inhaled too much dust. It could be any of those things. But then you have those ones where you say, nope, this is this is only one thing. This can only be one thing. And then it just got worse as the day went on. And, of course, like, you know, we saw what Santa Claus brought and had presents and did the Christmas morning thing. And it was great. The kids both said that it was the best Christmas ever, which was awesome. And uh, and then we had a we had a late afternoon, early evening flight to North Carolina to spend the rest of the week with the family, about five five or six days. Uh, so we were there from Wednesday evening until I guess Monday Monday afternoon. So you know, good good little chunk of time. And man, none of us we were just just not none of us were in the mood to go because and the kids were like. Uh, one was getting over a cold. No, one was just starting a cold. I don't even remember. Everybody was sick. The missus, the wife got sick while we were there after like not really getting over her last cold and having just this nagging, lingering cough. And then it just came back into a, a full-on thing. And now she's coughing like crazy. And the rest of us are over it, and she's stuck, still coughing, which sucks. But it was just, it was just miserable. All we wanted to do was rest and sleep. And of course, you know, every night is like a family function because you want to make the most of that time. And it was just like I was not. <laughs> I was the, not to say that I'm ever that interesting, but I was the least interesting I think I've ever been to be around. I had literally nothing to say because I physically couldn't speak without going into a coughing fit. And then, you know, and then you don't want to get like too close to anybody, but you want to see the family because you came all the way down to see them. And it was just every, you know, the first night we got there and I just thought, oh, I can't we'll get off this plane. The folks will pick us up. We'll head back to their house, maybe have a quick bite to eat, unpack our stuff, go to bed. And it was such a nice like thing, like my... <laughs> You know, we had, there was like a surprise bonfire waiting for us when we got there that, uh, that my, my sister and brother-in-law and nephews were there and they had the, so we had like doing the bonfire thing and I, I can barely, I can barely keep my eyes open. I can, and I can't talk. I can barely talk. It's like, a, it's a chore just to speak. And I'm, all I can think about is like how much I want to go to bed. And then the next day it was like, you know, you try to. You try to nap, and also I brought my laptop. I, I didn't have any days off other than Christmas Day and, and the weekend, so I brought my laptop. So it's like the day after Christmas. I just I want to go to bed Christmas night because I want to get up. You know I have to work, 
and I'm trying not to be sick, and I spent the whole night coughing and having an excruciating sore throat. I, whatever, who cares? It was, it was, that was just the first night. That was just Christmas night. Horrible night's sleep. No rest, no sleep. Just, and that was, that was pretty much every day. It was just pure, just misery. So, and then, and then at one point I felt bad, because like, socially, I don't, I, socially I don't like socializing with really anybody because and it's not because of them it's because of me i put pressure on myself that i think like oh yeah i need to be on and like do funny stuff and i'm kind of getting better at that like i've i feel like i've i've done a good job of be, being much less interesting to hang out with in person because i don't feel like this need to constantly be like entertaining and be on doing the johnny show um and so yeah this this trip down there, I, you know, I offered nothing in terms of, in the way of, like, entertainment or laughs or just, like, a fun person to be around. <laughs> so, I'm sure as miserable as I was, everybody else was just as miserable to be around me. Uh, so, what I did to make up for that was I played uh, a few excerpts from the Birthday Boy uh, Christmas Spectacular, uh, the, the holiday, the Christmas show, and... Uh, got a lot of laughs. I figured if I can't, like, I can't be terribly entertaining in person because I'm not into it. I'm just feeling so miserable and so lousy, and I just want to, like, crawl into a hole and die. So instead of that, since I can't really do anything, I'll go back to a week ago when I was healthier and could talk, and I played some some clips from the Birthday Boy podcast, and everybody's laughing, which was nice because there was some offensive stuff. You know, I don't know that the family really loved... Uh, you know, Melikaliki Maka and the, the Cliff family singing Merry Clipmas. But, uh, yeah, there were some laughs to be had, so that was nice. And uh, and I only played a few, you know, some, some select highlights. You know, we maybe listened to 10, 15 minutes worth of stuff, some of the songs and, you know, some of the prank calls and whatnot. And I just, you know, and they were asking, like, how long does it take to do that and this and that. It was, it was nice. It was nice to, like, you know, to have, you know, my family engaging me on, on the podcast, the, the inner workings of this highly sophisticated and highly technical podcast. Uh, so it was, it was, you know, neat to, it was neat to talk about that. And then I said, oh, well, the Christmas episode, I just mentioned in passing that the Christmas episode is three hours long. And then I said, oh my God, three hours long. Why is it, why are your podcasts so long? <laughs> And then this was, and then the rest of the time was just everybody <laughs> ganging up on me for having a podcast that's too too long. And I said, "Well, listen, they're not all three hours long. Most of these podcasts are, uh, you know, between one and two hours, typically. You know, hour and a half. Some have ventured into the two hours plus mark, and sometimes I've split podcasts into two, so it's not that long." said, I don't have three hours. If it was maybe 45 minutes, a half an hour, I could listen. So then it, then immediately, then it just became like, oh, okay. <laughs> the stuff that I played was funny, but also here's the way in which your podcast is not, uh, is not appealing, does not meet the standards of excellence. It's too long. <sighs> but anyways... The irony of that is uh, I was going to come on here and talk about how the podcast is not going to be that long going forward because I just don't have, I just don't know. You know, the schedule is a little bit different. It's harder to do it in the week. Uh, I don't want to do it on the weekend because those are the weekends. But 
you know, it's a Sunday afternoon and we did a lot of stuff yesterday. So today's kind of a lazy day until football starts. Uh, you know, we're, we're already close to an hour and I'm, uh, <laughs> I haven't touched any of the topics on this list. But yeah, I think I think the podcast is probably generally I want to I I do and I have I have since the beginning intended on keeping it. I mean, episode like one, two, three, maybe they were like forty five minutes to an hour long. Talked about a few things, told a couple stories, did a prank call, Cliffy call, and got out of here. And then just you know, stuff comes up, stuff happens during the day. You want to talk about it, come up with these little bits. I don't know if anybody fucking cares about the the bits and all that stuff, but I like doing them, so I do that. Uh, I think there's going to be fewer bits during the year 2020 because those take a long time to put together. Uh, no matter what, no matter how much prep work I do in the days leading up to a podcast, uh, you know, putting together you know the music and all that shit, that's a that's a pretty significant effort. So, uh, you know, and there's no holiday, you know, Halloween's done, Christmas is done, Thanksgiving's done, all that stuff. So uh, I don't see, I don't see really there being any of those coming up in the, uh, in the near future or the distant future, but who knows? Um, so yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I want to try to keep the podcast to an hour, generally speaking. Uh, football season's about to be over. I know I waste 10 minutes at least. <laughs> Talking about these stupid football games. Um, but, you know, it's going to be pretty much the same format. It's it's uh, There's a cliffy call at the end. There's a bunch of shit that I talk about in between. Uh, and that's it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, two or three main topics to talk about every week. Keep it to an hour. Hour and a half tops. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, boy, that's really... There's the feedback. They laughed at some stuff. Uh, did not laugh at other things. Um, and then, uh, and then the why is it so? And then uh, most of them, uh, why is it so long? Well, three hours. I don't have to. By the way, these are these are people who have been retired for years and have nothing but time, but not three hours. <laughs> I don't have I don't have three hours a week. Well, it's not three hours a week. It's usually like 90 minutes to two hours a week. And you sure do have 90 minutes to two hours a week to listen to a podcast. The three-hour podcast was a one-off for Christmas. Uh, So there you go. The podcast. You are now listening to the podcast that was deemed too long by my immediate family. So I'll I'll have to put that in the description somewhere. The Birthday Boy Podcast. Too long for the immediate family. Oh, man. I was going to talk about movies. I don't know. Top movies. I, I, I think I feel like I've done enough lists in the last couple episodes. I listed, like, I ranked Star Wars, and I did some... What I listed other things. I don't even remember. Oh, the top Christmas movies and all that stuff. Top movies of 2019. I don't know. The Lighthouse. There's my that was my top movie. I love that movie. It was so good. Willem Dafoe. Arr, talking like this. It's such a great movie. Oh man. Midsummer. That was a good one. Good Boys was funny. Booksmart was good. The Star Wars movie. I don't remember. And there's a bunch of shit that I haven't seen. I haven't. I started watching uh, The Irishman, but. Uh, 
I guess not to sound like my own family, but I mean, it's three hours long. <laughs> I don't have that kind of time. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch The Irishman, I'm gonna have to cut out one of my many lengthy three hour podcasts. So we'll be watching that in bits and pieces probably for the next three months. Uh, yeah, Knives Out didn't get to see that yet. Uh, there's a bunch of them. The Mister Rogers movie didn't get. To see. I'm sure. I'm sure like all of those. Ones that I wanted to see and didn't get to are, are I'm sure, high on the list. And I, and then I, I just don't remember. The Spider-Man movie was good that came out. Toy Story was good. I don't know. There it is. There's the <laughs> Is that good enough? Those are my rankings. My 2019 movie rankings. And some... Let's see. 2019 movies. What came out this year? Let me just type it in. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that was good. Uh, what else? List of American films in 2019. Frozen 2 was dreadful. Captain Marvel was fine. I would never watch it again. We Cam and I saw it in the theater. It was okay. Uh, oh, yeah, didn't we? oh, yeah. We didn't get out to see Jumanji, the next level. Lion King was terrible. Aladdin, I liked more than I thought I would. Joker was really good. Just saw that last week. Let's see. What did I see? What have I seen? Dog's Way Home. That came out in January. I have seen that. Not for me, but the youngest child adores that movie. Uh, nope. Haven't seen that. Haven't seen a lot of these. Let's see. Lego Movie 2 was terrible. The first one's so good. The second one was really pretty bad, I thought. Happy Death Day to you. Uh, I love the first one. It's just so silly and fun and, you know, just a, a neat concept. The second one's good, but it's just, um, yeah, it didn't do it for me like the first one did. That's a good one. Uh, pff, fighting with my family. I didn't see that yet. Captain Marvel was okay. I, I'm not, you know, the Marvel stuff. Uh, it was a good movie, just I just, I don't care. Uh, I'm trying to look at the rest of these movies. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Blah, blah, blah. Us? Us was like a stinker, man. <laughs> that was really like, I don't know. There were, yeah, there's some good like scary parts. You know, it's really creepy. Uh, but it uh, got to the end. I'm like, okay, that wasn't so great. The Beach Bum. Just watched that last night. It was terrible, but I loved it. If that makes sense. It's a terrible, terrible movie. But I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was so absurd and so stupid. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, and it's such a Florida movie. It really is. It's like, it's just like a Florida movie on even, I was going to say a Florida movie on meth, but that's redundant. And nobody was doing meth in the movie. It was, you know, a lot of weed and drinking and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, just Matthew McConaughey as the moon dog. <laughs> moon dog. Uh, yeah, and then Snoop Dogg's in it. He plays a character named Lingerie, but really it's uh, just Snoop Dogg playing Snoop Dogg. I, yeah, I would recommend it. I really enjoyed it. It's so absurd and so silly. Shazam is on HBO. Still haven't seen that. What else? Hellboy, don't care. Missing Link. Missing Link just won the, uh, the Golden Globe last week for the best animated... What? It's so boring. It's not... It's. I love those Leica. I've talked about this. Coraline is one of my favorite movies, and I really like Paranorman, and Kubo is excellent. They make so many of these these good movies, the Leica P2000, 
people. And then to win for Missing Link, which is like maybe the worst one of the bunch. I don't get it. We all fell asleep. Even even the kids fell. Even Cam fell asleep during that one. What else? I'm looking at Avengers Endgame. I, I still haven't seen it. I really don't care. I'm sure I'll watch it on Disney Plus at some point, but I just don't care. I read spoilers. When that movie came out, for movies that are like huge, that everyone's going to be talking about, but that I don't really care if I see it or not, or I don't care if it, I see it like five years from now, I just go on and I read the spoilers. And then I'm like, okay. I, so I went online and I read every, I read the full like spoiler-filled synopsis of everything that happened. So I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> I just saved three hours. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. I hate Pokemon. That was a good movie. That was funny. Oh, what else? John Wick 3, which just came out on HBO last night. I had no idea there was even a John Wick 2. Those are movies that I want to see because they seem like fun, ridiculous, uh, you know, action movies. But just haven't gotten there yet. Aladdin was way better than I thought it would be. Booksmart liked it a lot. Godzilla, King of the Mon... Godzilla? Did I just say Godzilla? Godzilla. Uh, King of the Monsters. Um... Yeah, maybe I didn't like it because they destroyed Boston in the end. I thought, how dare you? Everybody knows New York City is the city that we destroy in these movies. That was nice. New York gets a break for once. New York is left standing and Boston gets destroyed and Godzilla, King of the Mountain. I don't watch that one again because I really did not like it. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but it was just like, eh. Um, I thought the whole movie was going to be Godzilla fighting all the monsters. And it's just the monsters like walking to the place that they need to be for the end of the movie. And then the final battle, which isn't like, uh, it's okay. So I'm like, eh, it's not not so great. Uh, Ma, that's a movie I, I didn't get to see but would like to. Uh, what else? Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, that's one I want to see, but I haven't. Any of those A24 things. What else? Uh, I'm looking at all these. Yeah, Toy Story 4 was really good. Spider-Man Far From Home was really good. I'd put that on the list. Midsummer was fabulous. Those A24 horror movies, uh, those are just great. Um, same with Hereditary. Goddamn, what a good movie that was. Crawl! Crawl came out in July. Oh, man. Just, just a girl and her dad stuck in a house filled with gators during a hurricane with flooding waters with increasingly uh, increasing increasingly flooded uh, basement crawl space whatever um, and gators just big bad gators coming after people it's great oh, it's so good uh, Lion King was terrible once upon a time in Hollywood didn't get to see it in the theater but watched it over the Christmas break and I I loved so much of it um but didn't it wasn't not my favorite of his movies. I I love um, Inglorious Bastards. That to me is by far that's Quentin Tarantino's best work. Uh, and you know I wasn't nuts about Django. I really liked Hateful Eight. I thought that was awesome. I loved most of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I guess I just you know had that like almost a been there done that with the like revised history. Where like, and it would have been nice, like if that's how things actually went down. Um, but I, man, it's it's a good movie though. Again, three hours long, doesn't need to be three hours. Uh, but great scene, God, the, the scene with Brad Pitt and Bruce Dern, 
you know, any of the stuff with Bruce Dern was great. I mean, Leo and Brad Pitt are, you know, they're terrific. Leo in particular. Uh, he's he's one of my favorites, and he's great. And it's just a great, you know, just the way stuff is shot, the dialogue, you know, all the classic, like, Tarantino stuff is just so cool. Um, but it wasn't my favorite of his of his movies. But it would, I guess I would say it was one of the, one of the best of the year for sure. That's a, it's good. Um, but I didn't love it as much as I loved the first like two thirds of the movie. Just, uh, God, the first hour or so hour and a half, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, God, this is so good. Oh, everything about this is so good. You know, just the little, the dialogue that Leo has with the little kid on the, on the set of the movie, just, you know, so much of it is about, you know, uh, you know, a, a bygone era of television and movies and things like that. And it's, you know, it's very Tarantino-y, Tarantino-esque in that regard. Um, I just, you know, I just didn't like the the last the last half hour, hours. You know, the final act, I guess, was like, eh. But it's great. Um, what else? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see Hobbs and Shaw. Um, which I guess would add to the list of every other Fast and Furious movie that I, I I saw one of them. Kimmy and I saw one of those in the theater. Uh, there's one that's set in Miami, and we saw that one. Uh, that's all I remember. And they race cars, and there's a, maybe there's a plot somewhere in there that has to do with racing cars. I don't know. But I do want to see Hobbs and Shaw. It's good. Uh, what else? You know, you got The Rock and doing doing all that shit. Dora was, it looked funny in the trailer and ended up being really shockingly funny because um, it's very it's very self-aware, the whole Dora thing. Um, so that was kind of cool. Scary, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, haven't seen that one yet, would like to. Uh, what are the rest of these? Good Boys, loved it. Didn't love the ending of that one either, though. I, I, I didn't like the way that they took things not that it's they did anything crazy but still a really really funny movie <sighs> ready or not oh man that's fantastic great movie ready or not just fun just a fun uh you know crazy people chasing after this poor girl in the house for ridiculous reasons and it's it's non-stop fun fun and suspense and whatever that's great what are the rest of these? Nope, haven't seen those. Haven't. Uh, oh, let's see. It Chapter Two was awful. I've talked about that before. I hated it. I hated the whole thing. Hmm. Look at the rest of this. Yeah. Abominable. That was really good. Surprised at how good that was. Joker was great. I I liked it more than I thought I would. Still haven't seen Dolomite. I have to watch that. Like these Netflix ones, I just I keep forgetting. Boy, yeah, the rest of these, uh, yeah, I still haven't seen El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Man, oh man, still haven't seen Zombieland, Double Jojo Rabbit. Want to see that? Lighthouse, that's my favorite of the year. That's my favorite movie of the year, I think. Um, maybe, well, maybe Star Wars. Let's see. Didn't see Terminator. Irishman, haven't seen that. So this is a really good uh, list. I'm listing a bunch of movies that are going to probably win awards that I haven't seen. So this is a great... So I, I really have made a, a smart choice talking about my favorite movies of the year that I haven't seen. Really nicely done by me. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, haven't seen that. One, two. 
Frozen 2, yeah, we know how I feel about that. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I haven't gotten to see that yet. Knives Out, haven't gotten to see that. Want to. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch. Jumanji 2, Richard Jewell. Yeah, look at all these all these movies. Oh, yeah, Six Underground. It's probably really stupid, but I want to see that. Uncut Gems. To me, Uncut Gems, I, they, pray, they played a... a they played a thing because uh, that's an that's an A twenty four thing. They played that. The first time I even knew that it existed was when I went and saw Lighthouse by myself in the theater, <laughs> in the middle of a day with my nachos, and they played a trailer for that Uncut Gems, and I thought this looks terrible, but also looks like one of those things that's going to be nominated for a bunch of stuff just because it's like serious Sandler acting serious. I still think it looks like a ridiculous movie, but I, I still want to see it. Um, but that's not one that I'm going to pay to go see in the theater. I'll check it out on HBO or something. Star Wars, Cats. Now I'm now I'm really now I really want to see Cats because I hate Cats. I hate Cats the musical. I've talked about that on the podcast before, uh, and the movie looks just awful. But hearing not only about how terrible the movie is, but how terrible like the technical details are, and that it, there's parts of it that are unfinished, where you can see humans in like a black suit, and they didn't get, <laughs> for whatever reasons, timing, budget, all of the above, they didn't put the uh, the CG cat fur on them, so it's just people dancing around in black uh, leotard, or you know, without the the rest of the CG. Uh, little women, uh, no interest in seeing that. But there's a scene. It was filmed all throughout Massachusetts, and there was a scene filmed at one of our favorite restaurants, the Gibbet Hill Grill, out in Groton, um, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous restaurant on a farm. You know, you get to see your dinner walking around in the pasture on the hills and stuff like that. It's absolutely gorgeous. So I'm curious to see some of those scenes from the movie. 1917 getting rave reviews. Uh, who knows when I'll? I'm sure I'll see that in a few months when it comes out on. On video, uh, and then there's a movie that came out in September, and this movie is called The Fanatic. Or did it come out in September? Maybe it came out in August. Where Where are you? The Fanatic came out in August. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. Although I loved Star Wars and I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I loved. Joker, and I love The Lighthouse, and a number of other <laughs> great features, works of cinema, both animated and live action, CG and not CG alike. Uh, there was really, of all the fine works of cinema that have been released to us in the last 12 months, one stands alone on top of a hill above a mountain, on a high peak, casting its shadow on the rest of 2019 cinema. This work of motion picture brilliance and cinematic excellence is called The Fanatic. The Fanatic. I can't pronounce it. Uh, if you don't know what this movie is, I shall leave you with two words that will help you determine whether or not you are going to watch this. Fred Durst. Written by, directed by, screenplay, <laughs> Fred Durst. And even a little bit of the soundtrack by Mr. Fred Durst.
Yes, that Fred Durst. Limp Bizkit, Fred Durst. Nookie, Fred Durst. Rollin', 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 Fred Durst. Douchey red baseball hat and jackass soul patch, Fred Durst. Um, This is his, I believe, well, he's directed some stuff. I remember he directed, like, music videos back in the day. Uh, but I think this is his, it's not his directorial debut, but I do believe this is his writing debut. This is the first original screenplay by Fred Durst. Um, the Fanatic, you do not have to, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, that's it. It's there. It's there for you to enjoy. And all you have to do is log into your Prime Video account and type in the Fanatic, and you will see John, Mr. John Travolta in a an acting tour de force. Uh, he plays a, how should we say, for lack of a better word, a slow adult, who the first line of the movie, uh, and he lives out in Hollywood, he lives in Los Angeles, John Travolta's character who goes by the name of Moose, that's it. I don't think he has... I don't think we hear his actual name. It's just Moose. He goes by Moose. He has, like, this quasi-mullet kind of thing going. And, uh, you know, he wears, like, Hawaiian shirts with shorts and sneakers with his socks hiked up, I guess, um, if I remember right. And the first scene of the movie is... And Moose is obsessed with, you know, Hollywood actors, movie stars. He loves memorabilia from movies. He loves getting autographs. And his favorite actor of all time <laughs> is Hunter Dunbar, who's played by Devin Sawa, who I only know from one thing, which is Idle Hands from like, I don't know, 1999 or 2000, 2001, early 2000s. Um, and he's been in other shit. I don't really know. Anyways, Devin Sawa plays Hunter Dunbar, who's a big uh, you know action hero in this movie. I'm going to spoil most of this because, you know, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The spoilers don't matter. You just need to watch the movie. The first scene, John Travolta walks into a, well, I don't know, like a collectibles shop, comic shop, whatever whatever you want to call it, pawn shop, I don't know what it is. And his buddy's just hanging out there. Uh, the guy who owns the shop, he obviously knows Moose. Moose comes in all the time to probably to buy memorabilia, get autographs, all that stuff. So the first line in the movie is this. Hey, Aaron. Chocolate mousse. I can't talk too long. I got to poo. <laughs> I can't talk too long. I got to poo. That's a line spoken by John Travolta as Moose to his, uh, his friend who's behind the counter working at the whatever, the collectibles shop. Uh, so anyway, so, <clears throat> so that's the first line of the movie. Can't talk now, gotta poo. Can't talk long, gotta poo, whatever he says. So we find out that Travolta's character, Moose, uh, he, yeah, he collects memorabilia, he loves, he's obsessed with stars and autographs and all that stuff. He works, uh, the fuck, I don't even remember what the fuck he does. He does like some bullshit, you know, he's one of those like Hollywood, uh, you know, the guys who are out... <laughs> Doing all the tricks and magic and, you know, the touristy bullshit. He's one of those guys. I don't even remember what the hell he does. 
but he's terrible. He's a clown or something. It's like a really bad version of the Joker. Um, anyway, Moose, he's, he's in the, he's in the shop and he's explaining to the shop owner as, you know, I just love Hunter Dunbar. He's my favorite actor. I just want his autograph. I, I wish I could meet him, blah, blah, blah. And then, the, and then the shop owner's like, oh, well, he's going to be here tonight signing autographs. How did you not know that? And Moose is like, well, really? He's going to be here tonight signing autographs? Why didn't you tell me? Which is actually a valid question because, like, you've got this guy who comes in every day who clearly has no life or no job or really anything going on. He's obsessed with memorabilia, although he does have, like, a reasonably nice apartment for some reason. But who cares? That's that's movie. Movie magic. Um... Of course, if anything, if Howard Stern's whack pack has taught me anything, it's that like you can you can live pretty large. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not gonna get into that. You know, high pitch Eric is living a pretty good life, so I guess if he can, so can Moose. Anyway, um, so so for some reason, the owner of the shop, who's having an autograph session with the favorite, the most favorite actor of like what seems to be the only customer that he has failed to tell him that this actor is going to be in his shop later tonight or tomorrow or whatever signing autographs, which is a, it's a valid question from Moose. Like, why didn't you tell me? And the guy's like, I, I don't know. You, you should just know. Um, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's as well written as you would think a movie written by Fred Durst would be. Let's just say that I can just see him sitting up in the wee hours of the morning and his, you know, in his bathrobe and red baseball hat, just penning away, just gold. Like, oh, this is brilliant, Durst. You've done it again, you bastard. The fanatic this is a masterpiece of American cinema. And you, you, Fred Durst, have created it. I picture him, like, staring in the mirror, talking to himself at three in the morning while he's writing this fucking piece of shit. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so, so... A bunch of other stuff happens, who cares? Uh, we get to the autograph session, and Moose is patiently waiting in line, and Hunter Dunbar is signing autographs, doing his thing. Moose is next in line. He's he's inches away from his dream coming true of meeting his favorite movie star, saying hi, telling him how much he loves him, getting his autograph, and then moving on with his, with his life. What what happens? The owner of the shop comes in. Hunter Dunbar has you know he's like he's like a Tom Cruise, uh, you know whatever the one of these guys. He, you know he's a big big action. He's a Jason Statham, you know action star type guy. He's a big he's a big time star. He has no entourage. He has nobody like wrangling. You know it's it's you know he's just sitting there by himself. Um, the owner of the of the shop of the, the collectibles shop comes in from the back entrance and says, uh, Mr. Dunbar, there's a there's urgent. There's a woman out out in this alley. Uh, she needs to speak with you. She says it's it's urgent and can't wait. You need to go now. And then the owner of the shop just like walks away. And then Hunter Dunbar gets up, doesn't ask like who it is or like says like, yeah, well, I'm in the middle of this autograph session that like you paid me to be here. Like, why would you want to lose money? All these people are waiting in line. All these fans like, you know, tell her to wait. Or, like, if it was, like, real life, you'd have an entourage. He has his security guy or somebody, his press person, like, go out and, like, tell her to fuck off. It's something. But, no, this is a Fred Durst-created uh, universe, so the movie star just gets up from the table, excuses himself, and goes out to the alley to see who this woman is. And it's his, it's his ex-wife, baby mama, whatever she is. 
Um, so they're so they have it out, and in, in, in the alley, they're having a fight. And meanwhile, Moose is standing there, like next in line, like what? What is? Is he coming back? I want my autograph. What's going on? Um, so Moose takes it upon himself to go out into the alley and see what's going on. And while while this Hollywood guy Hunter Dunbar is fighting with his ex-wife and they're arguing, uh, Moose shows up. Mister Dunbar, Mister Dunbar, you said you were gonna autograph you. I'm waiting for my autograph. And and then it's and then you know Hunter Dunbar basically says like yeah go fuck yourself. There's your autograph. That's that's pretty much what happened. That's what happened. Uh, <clears throat> Moose inexplicably has a really good friend who's this girl who's a photographer for a, I don't even know a newspaper or something. And she says, hey, man, you can get this app on your phone that tells you where all the stars' houses are. Uh, even though I know you pretty well and you're batshit crazy and also very slow, uh, I'm going to give you this information so you can go track down this Hollywood star that you are clearly uh, have an unhealthy obsession with. But you have to promise me you're not going to do any weird shit. And he's like, okay. And so she gives him the app on his phone, downloads it, and he, of course, goes to the guy's house and hops over his fence and, you know, shit gets real weird and uncomfortable. And at one point, uh, the housekeeper is out there and she's like, uh, you need to go. Get out of here. What are you doing? And she's like, uh, I don't know what the hell she had, like a rolling pin or a feather duster or something. And she's like hitting John Travolta. She's hitting Moose with his feather duster. And he's like, ah, ah, stop, stop. And he accidentally punches her in the face. And then she falls backwards and hits her head on this, uh, this stone I don't know, statue or bird fountain or something, bird bath or something like that. And she dies. She's just bleeding from everywhere. And he's like, "Uh oh, you have a bloody nose. I had a bloody nose once too. It was really bad. (laughs) I'm not making any of this up either. You have to watch this fuck. You have to watch this movie. I implore you. This is going to be one of those movies. I feel like this it should be one of those movies that just goes down in history as an all-time classic for all the wrong reasons. It should be the last attempt by Fred Durst to, to make anything, uh, both movies and music-related. Um, it should be like it's. It should just be like a great, a great uh, piece of history for for all the wrong reasons. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what John Travolta, he read this and thought, yep, this is, I got to get in on this. Get me in this picture. (laughs) Is it that bad for poor Travolta? My God. Uh, So anyway, um, so, so where was I? Oh yeah. So Moose has just killed uh, the housekeeper of the superstar Hollywood actor um, on whose grounds he has trespassed several times in a, in a few short minutes. Uh, so he leaves, of course, uh, and he's walking. And then, of course, Hunter Dunbar is driving and sees Moose. And he's like, hey, man. And they've had a few altercations, like, at his gate. And here he's he's trespassed a few different times. He's like, hey, man, get the fuck. You want an autograph? I'll give you an autograph. And then he, like, he, like, I don't remember if he, like, rips off Moose's shirt or he just, I think he, no, he writes on his shirt. He, like, writes his name. And it just, you don't know what's happening because you see John Travolta's back and he's just like, ah. <laughs> and Hunter Dunbar's like, here's your autograph. And you just see, it looks like he's stabbing him. It looks like he's stabbing him with a pen. But then it reveals, you see his shirt, and he wrote his autograph on the shirt. Uh, so so, so Travolta kills a woman in the backyard, which nobody actually, it's, it's never, it's not talked about again until the very end of the movie. 
uh, Travolta then like sneaks onto the property again, and uh, the Hunter Dunbar character is like passed out, and I forgot why. You know, look, I'm half paying attention to this movie for reasons that should be pretty obvious. Uh, Hunter Dunbar, I can't remember if Travolta, if he was like, he was on something. Anyways, he's out cold. He's passed out. He's like, he's taking something, taking his medication or something. He's out cold in his chair. And John Travolta just sits there. He sits in the chair next to him in his house, just rocking back and forth. Like, you know, I'm sure Fred Durst put somewhere in the script, like, uh, Moose rocks back and forth as a slow adult would. Something like that, I'm sure. It's just a bunch of, like, slow adult cliches. Oh, yeah, and also Moose, uh, like, sticks his finger, puts his hand up to his ear, and then smells it, like, regularly throughout the movie. Um, <laughs> it's really unbelievable. It's it, You have to see it. I can't, I can't recommend this movie enough. Oh, my God. Uh, so he sits with Hunter Dunbar, blah, blah, blah. A bunch of other shit happens. Uh, who cares? Oh, he gets into an altercation with one of the other, like, street carnies. There's there's a guy, another street performer, who does a trick where he, like, he pretends to, like, stab, put a pen up his nose or something and then bleed profusely everywhere. And the tourists pay him money to see that because it's so gross and it's all fake. Uh, and he gets, Moose gets into an altercation with this guy. Uh, because the guy, it's weird, in one scene, uh, the, this other performer and Moose seem to be like pals, because it's like, hey, you know, we're all street for- performers, we're all in this together, uh, and then, but then like, but then he's like, you know, bullying him in the bathroom, and then like this, and then like the wise old black security guard comes out of nowhere, he's like, hey, you boys, get out of here, and he's like, he's like, you know, the inspirational, like, what is this guy even doing here, he's like, hey, Moose, you can't take that from those guys. You gotta stand up for yourself, Moose. And then, like, and then later, Moose gets into an altercation in the street with the with the other performer guy, and like threatens to, you know, he's like choking him. And then the security guy shows up again. He's like, "Way to go, Moose! Standing up for yourself, real good, nicely done." And then you never see that guy again. But here's the uh, here's the altercation: Moose and the other street performer are getting into an altercation and Moose just snaps because this other guy has just been bullying him and picking on him and Moose can't take it. And uh, Moose is also a big fan of horror movies and Freddy Krueger uh, and, and all these other Friday the 13th and all these things and Halloween. So uh, Moose snaps at this other street performer. Let's take a listen. Fucking pussy! You don't have the balls to get what you want. All right, I got an amazing business opportunity here, staring you right in the face. You know that? Yeah, I'm done playing nice. All right, you're gonna help me make some fucking cash, bitch. <laughs> I wish Freddy would come and chop off your head, and it would roll in the street, and a truck would squish it, and the blood would splatter everywhere. And everyone would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's a writing 
cinematic tour de force, an acting tour de force, whatever tour de force you could think of. This is the movie should have just been called Tour de Force. Um, and I think that's it. I don't think uh, I don't think Moose ever interacts with this guy again. Um, by the way, Wikipedia, I could have saved myself a ton of time reading, reading a much better synopsis. Moose is a man who has autism. Moose is also a huge fan of the action film actor Hunter Dunbar. Moose finally gets an opportunity to meet him, get an autograph. He is rejected when Dunbar's ex-wife comes to abruptly see him. Moose is friends with a young paparazzi photographer, Leah, who shows Moose an app that publishes home addresses of famous celebrities, including his hero. Moose goes to Dunbar's house and tries to give him a letter in search of an autograph. And it's a letter about, like, you didn't sign my autograph. I love you. I'm your favorite. You're my favorite guy. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Dunbar confronts Moose, tells him to stay out of his neighborhood. Moose comes back again and climbs a fence, but is scared off by Dunbar's housekeeper. Moose keeps returning and eventually gains <laughs> entry to the house after, after accidentally pushing the housekeeper into a stone fountain, killing her. <laughs> Moose is again, which, by the way, she's just like lying. Nobody acknowledges this dead corpse in the grass of this guy's house for like the rest of the, the movie until the very end. Um, also at one point, uh, there's a gardener and Hunter Dunbar is like, uh, Hey, you know, Hey, Hispanic gardener. Uh, have you seen a weird guy, uh, you know, trespassing on the grounds? He's like, no senor. And he's like, well, listen, you gotta, you gotta do me a favor. You really need to be vigilant keep your eye out because there's been a guy he's, he's, he's stalking me and he's been trespassing on the grounds. And he's like, okay, senor, I'll keep my eye out. And then he's like, uh, Senor Dunbar, there's it's raining. There's not much work for me to do. <laughs> May I go home? And then Dunbar's like, uh, yeah, you know, why don't you go take off? Uh, thanks, man. And then it's like, wait, <laughs> what? You just told the guy. You just told your, like, stereotypical uh, central casting one -on -one, 101 Mexican housekeeper, or Mexican gardener, groundskeeper, whatever he is. To, like, be vigilant and be on the lookout for a stalker sneaking around the grounds and climbing over the fence into his house. And then he said, hey, it's raining. Uh, can I go home? Yeah, sure. Sure, buddy. Why don't you take off? And then we never see that guy again. Uh, so the, the housekeepers and then, and then Hunter Dunbar leaves to go take his son somewhere or something. So it's just the housekeeper. And that's when she gets knocked to the ground by Moose and dies. Uh Oh, and by the way, at one point, there is a scene in which uh, Mr. Hunter Dunbar is driving around with his son, and, well, let's just take a listen to what music is playing on the radio. You okay with some music? You like a little limp biscuit? Sure. You like a little biscuit? Yeah. Yeah? Nice and loud? I used to listen to this back in the day. This is hot. Oh, my God. That is nice. That is nice. So, in a movie written by Fred Durst and directed by Fred Durst, you find the only human being on planet Earth who in 2019 is driving around not only listening to Limp Bizkit, but, but, <laughs> but waxing nostalgic about the tunes of Limp Bizkit to his son. Oh, yeah, you ever listen to the Bizkit? You ever cr hey, son, you ever crank the Bizkit? You want to crank the Bizkit with the old man in the car? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, Biscuit. <laughs> so, yeah, old Fred Durst, it's like the subtlety of a Limp Biscuit song blasting in a car, I guess. Hey, I know what I'm going to do.
all right, they're going to keep on rolling and listen to Limp Bizkit music. That's that's Fred Durst while he's, while he's writing that. Uh, so anyways, it's, yeah, so, so Moose returns and ties up Dunbar while he's sleeping. Uh, and also, as I mentioned, while Dunbar is passed out in a chair, Moose is sitting there sniffing his earwax and rocking back and forth next to him. Uh, when Dunbar awakens, he sees Moose lying on the floor, appearing to have killed himself, only for Moose to start laughing and get up. Next, Moose dresses up as Jason Voorhees in a Jason Voorhees mask and pretends to stab Dunbar, but his blade is revealed to be a retractable prop knife, again fooling Dunbar. Dunbar pleads for Moose to untie him with promises of autographs and friendship, and he does. Dunbar attacks and nearly kills Moose, shooting off his fingers with a hidden shotgun and stabbing him in the eye. Yeah, so Hunter Moose is on the floor, like, crying. He just shot his fingers off, and he's crying. And it's like, oh, my God, this guy, you know, just... Uh, Moose is just like the captain, you know, the king of like wrong place, wrong time, accidentally killed somebody, accidentally, you know, was a fucking weirdo. But he's like, he's a slow adult. He's autistic, I guess. And he just had his hands blown off by this, this fucking guy. And rightfully so. If a guy comes in your house and ties you up and you're able to break free, I would, I would blow his fucking fingers off too. But then <laughs> it's like, okay, the guy's clearly, you know, he's no, you've neutralized the threat. Time to, you know, tie him up and call the cops. But instead, Dunbar grabs a knife and he stabs, he stabs Moose in the eyeball. <laughs> Shooting off his fingers, hidden shotgun, stabbing in the eye. After a seeming change of heart, Dunbar spares Moose. Because then he feels, t- he's like, oh my god, what have I done? I just, I just shot the fingers off a slow adult and blinded him in his right eye forever. I've, I stabbed out his right eye. So Dunbar spares Moose and lets him leave. Moose Moose wanders the streets of Hollywood. Passing tourists request to take photos with him, believing his wounds to be part of a realistic costume. And then Leah, the paparazzi, is, you know, people just are magically, like, on the streets, at always at the right time. Like, the security guard's there, and Leah, his friend, is there. She's just there, and she gets some help. <clears throat> and so... But he, but that's like his. He just he wanders around. He's now blind. He has an eye patch, and like he's gonna make money now being a street performer with you know with one eye and no fingers. So I guess that's the happy ending for Moose. Meanwhile, back at Dunbar's house, uh, what happens? Oh, as the movie ends, uh, the the uh, remember the gardener uh, who asks for the rest of the day off. Well, he obviously took like the rest of the week off because we never saw him again until the final scene. When he shows up with the police, uh, because he is, you know, returned to work and found like, oh, a rotting corpse of the housekeeper that somehow the owner of the house never saw, even though it's like right outside the window, and he never thought, hey, where's my housekeeper? I should check outside. Oh, there she's dead. Um, so that never happened. So the so the the groundskeeper, whatever caretaker, lawn, whatever gardener, uh, comes after Dunbar has let Moose go, the groundskeeper shows up with the police and Hunter Dunbar is then arrested for the murder of the housekeeper. And obviously nobody checks, you know, uh, nobody checks like DNA evidence or, you know, Hunter Dunbar doesn't say like, oh, hey, there was this guy in my house who I shot his fingers off and stabbed him in the eye. He's the one who killed the housekeeper. So he just says like, yeah, okay, I guess I'm, even though I didn't murder anybody, I guess I'm under arrest. I'm going to jail for murder. 
instead of just like, hey, can I just go to jail instead for shooting off fingers and stabbing an eyeball? Because that's those are the only things that I actually did. But the guy whose eyeball is gone actually murdered my housekeeper, and it was in self-defense, so maybe, like, I'm innocent and he's not. None of that happens. He just, like, cooperates with the police, and he gets arrested, and he goes away for, uh, for murder. And then Moose is, uh, you know, performing on the streets again with his eye patch, and that's, and that's it. That's the movie. <laughs> there you go. I've saved you time, but at the same time, I really suggest you get out onto Amazon because you can watch it for free. So get out there and watch and watch uh, The Fanatic with uh, Sir John Travolta and Sir Fred Durst. It's, uh, I don't know, I, I don't even know what to say. What else can I say about it? Just, you got to watch it. Barbara? Oh, Barbara? They're coming to get you, Barbara? Barbara, they're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, Barbara. How do you not love this? Night of the Living Dead. Why don't you know that? And that was that was a another brilliant scene performed by Mr. John Travolta when he has Hunter Dunbar, when Moose has Hunter Dunbar tied up. And he comes back like 17 different times. You know, he's got one, he's got the hockey mask on. <laughs> he's got the Jason mask. Another one, he's, yeah, Night of the Living Dead. He's just, he's doing like a different, a different thing every time. But it never gets old. It's just, it just gets better with age. Every time I watch it, it just gets better and better. So yeah, get out there and uh, log on to Amazon Prime, Prime Video, The Fanatic with John Travolta. It's free. It's free for Prime members. It's worth It's worth the Prime membership alone. Untie these ropes, you son of a bitch. Untie them! Stop being so mean to me! Stop it! You're so nice, I forgot your name. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back from me having a break. Not not you, I guess. <clears throat> so I was thinking, when I was looking up these movies, I found there was a movie called... I don't even remember. When I was looking at movies from 2019 or 2018 or whenever... I don't know. Yeah, it either came out in 2019 or 2018. I think it was called The Lovers. And it was directed by Azazel Jacobs. Which I thought, oh my god. I know that dude. Because I had a class in film school with his dad, Ken Jacobs. Who was like this avant-garde, art house cinema icon from the 60s. And uh, I believe he kind of started the film program at Binghamton. And I had him, I had him for an, I guess it was an, I don't know if it was a film elective, but it was like tragic comic reflections of moderns, one of those bullshit college course names. And uh, yeah, Kenny Jacobs, you know, he helped me out. Like he, uh, he gave me, he gave me a recommendation when I got into the University of Miami. I was going to go to the, I was going to go to the U for their communications program. Um, 
which you know would have been a, a number of bad ideas all balled in, balled into one. Um, hey, you should go to California because you know that's where Hollywood is. I know. I'll go to Miami. Anyway, listen to this song. I like it. This is uh, Mini Mansions. I forgot your name. Kevin Parker Alt Mix. I don't know. Showed up on my Discover playlist on Spotify. I like it. Anyway, I like it so much I'm going to fade it out so I can talk and we can wrap up this podcast. It's almost two hours long, an hour and 40 minutes. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyways, I was looking at the list of movies. And I saw The Lovers, as is Al Jacobs. I'm like, oh, I know him. I mean, I don't know him. Like, he, he's Ken Jacobs' son, and occasionally, like, Kenny would bring his wife and his daughter, and they would sit in class. His daughter was like, um, her, her name was like Ariana Nissan, Nissan something. Ariana Nissan Jacobs, something, Moonroof. I don't know. <laughs> so bad. Oh, my God. Ariana Nissan. I feel like Moonroof was in her name. Ariana Nissan Moonroof, and like, and uh, yeah, she would just kind of, they would just sit in his class, and then uh, I think once, I feel like Azazel was there at one time, uh, but anyways, we would, and of course he would play his, his short films uh, during the class, and my first interaction with old Kenny Jacobs was uh, during one of the first classes, we were talking about immortals in the sense of like, not somebody who... <laughs> Not somebody who is immortal who can't be killed, but immortals in the sense of like Puck, Midsummer Night's Dream, what fools these mortals be, and immortals. I don't even know because I had like completely stopped paying attention. I was completely out of it, just staring at the wall. And so he got, I, he called on me and said, So what's an immortal? And I was like, Oh, somebody who can't die. And he fucking lost it. Kenny Jacobs, he's like, They're not paying attention. You're going to come to this class. You're not going to pay attention. That's stupid. Don't be stupid in my class. They're not going to pay attention to the class. Take that. And he turned to, uh, and then and then my buddy Sean, who I worked with at KB Toys and Sarah and Wilton, uh, went to Binghamton for like a semester or a year or something, two semesters maybe, and was smart enough to like get the fuck out of there and ended up, I don't know if he went to NYU or something, but I think he's like actually a filmmaker now out, out west somewhere. Um I don't know if it's in California. I feel like I feel like I saw him like it was like Las Vegas or something. But anyways, you know, following his dreams, me went into banking. So good, good for us both, I guess. Um, one of us stayed at Binghamton and now works in financial services. The other one went to a good school for film and is a filmmaker. That's very interesting. Uh, anyways, oh, but he called on Sean next to me and said, "What's an immortal?" And he's like, "I." And Sean was like, "I well, I'm fucking busted." He goes, I, "I'm just gonna be honest. I wasn't listening. I have no idea." Take the. And he turns to Adam, this guy Adam, Adam Goldberg, who was the TA for the class, who was just this big, just this big dope. <laughs> just, oh, okay, professor. He's like Patrick. Okay, professor, whatever you say. Oh, okay. And and Professor Jacobs, Kenny Jacobs, would just yell at this poor fucking Goldberg all day long. Just, just a oh, poor bastard. He was the Baba Booey of this of this program of this class. So when we both got to see Kenny Jacobs, he's like, take their names. What's your name? Your name, John? Take Adam. 
Goldberg, take their names down. That's it. You know, and he's just screaming at us about, like, you know, we're going to fail the class and all this shit. And then it turns out, like, he's just completely full of shit. Like, he's just totally full of shit. Like, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he loved me by the end of the class. Uh, Our assignments were to read, like, you know, Disappearance of Childhood and all these different, like, I don't even remember, all these different, like, psychology books and, you know, societal analysis type things. And... Our our assignment was to read the books and then take notes in the margin, like in the book itself. We didn't have to write a report or an essay. We just had to write notes in the margin of the book. So and then hand him the book. And so at the end of like re- the assignment was done, people just walked up to the front of the classroom and put their paperback books on the table. And he'd go home and uh, and he actually read them because we would get the books back and in the margins he would have like comments on our commentary. Because I almost thought, like, I wonder if I just write, like, you know, hey, fuck you, asshole, or something like that. Uh, no, because he read every goddamn one of our comments. Because he had, like, he had notes next to my notes, and he had all this other stuff. And uh, for whatever reason, he thought it was, like, really good, what I said. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was unbelievable. And then later on, like, in the last class... Whatever I did made up for not knowing what an immortal is because he's like, anything you need, you let me know. I'll give you a recommendation, whatever you need. So he was, you know, like, cool, man. And he was, a guy, you know, I, I did, I called him a couple times to ask for recommendations. We, we would talk on the phone and like, uh, you know, he would, he would give me a recommendation. He was like, well, he would ask what I want to do and I wanted to be like editing movies. And he's like, oh, that's great. That's great. You know, blah, blah, blah. So he was like... <laughs> He ended up being a really good dude, but I, boy, did I hate him at the beginning of that year. Oh my God, did I hate him. And then, uh, you know, somewhere in when I still wasn't quite like, you know, loving this guy, you know, I was, I was like talking to the, you know, stuff that I would try to do, which was try to get like professors I didn't like. I would, I would just try to get them fired. (laughs) The only, the only C that I ever got in college was in pre-calc because the teacher was just a complete douche. Very smart guy. Horrible, horrible teacher. And a piece of shit. And it was the only C that I got. And then the next next semester, I took... Uh, for, I got past pre-calc and I took regular old calculus. Like It was like calc 2. And I got an A. Did, did great. Professor was awesome. She was so sweet. She was such a good... Like, she was awesome. So I went to the dean. <laughs> I went to the dean and said, Hey... You know, what's up with this? You see, I have all these A's, a couple B's, but it's pretty much all A's. And then like this one C in pre-calc. And then how is it, how is it that I'm so bad at pre-calc? And then the next semester I take calculus two and I'm like, it's an, uh, you know, all A's. How is that possible? This C should be stricken from the record. It should be turned into an A and Professor Lewis should be fired. And uh, that obviously didn't happen at all. Um and then, yeah, same thing with Kenny Jacobs. I went to, like, the dean of the, <laughs> the film department and was like, hey, man, this guy's, like, he's a loose cannon. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but he has no business. He has no business teaching at this school. And, of course, like, he founded the whole program. Nobody, he's untouchable, completely untouchable. Nobody's good. He lives in, he lives in, like, Brooklyn or something, and he comes up, like, once a week to teach all of his classes and then go back home. He stays, he probably, you know, he has a, the fucking school probably pays, pays for him to have a nice, a nice apartment somewhere in or around campus that he probably spends all of maximum of two nights a week at this place maximum. And then the rest of the time, like back, back home, back home in New York doing his thing. 
uh, yeah. And then in the <laughs> and then in the middle of class one time, we were doing like uh, it was Vietnam War stuff, subject matter. I don't remember. I think. Well, I guess we must have. Uh, we watched, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, Napalm in the morning. Apocalypse Now. Uh, we watched Apocalypse Now, and um, you know the horror, and and then he had a whole lesson about like you know during the sixties and seventies and like the Vietnam War era and how tough it was to be, uh, you know, an Asian American in this country, and and he was like, people would say things, they would call them gooks. They would say, hey, you're a gook. Hey, gook. And then, like, all of a sudden, he points to, like, the one Asian girl in the class who doesn't really speak a ton of English. And all of a sudden, he points to her. He's like, he's like they would see someone like her, and they would say, gook. And he starts screaming at the top of his lungs. He's like, gook. They would say, gook. That's right there. It's a gook. And she's just like, everybody's, like, awkwardly like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? And they're, like, looking at each other like, what the fuck? Like, I get he's trying to illustrate a point, but, like... Hey, hey, I, I know I'm just some asshole who doesn't know what an immortal means. Uh, and, and I, you know, spend my nights writing in the margins of my books as a college assignment uh, in the thing that's supposed to pre- prepare us to be professional adults in the wor- world. And I'm just writing notes on a book to hand into my professor to read uh, and comment back. Um, but maybe there's, a, maybe there's a different way to illustrate your, like, we get it. We know the words. You know, we're all in uh, our late teens, early twenties. We know the, we know all the words to use. Uh, you know, the racially uh, insensitive, you know, hate-filled words. Um, we know all the terrible words to 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 use towards people. Uh, we get it. You don't need to like point your finger at the one Asian girl in the entire class who can barely speak English and start yelling the G word. Uh, but he did. That's what that was. That's what he did. And who never who knows what happens to her after that? I think she finished the uh, I think she finished the, the the semester in the class I don't remember but it was a it was a horrifying <laughs> it was a horrifying experience and I'm not the person that he was pointing to yeah he pointed right at her there's a gook right there that's what and then he was that's what they would say that's what they would say back in those days oh it's unbelievable man I don't know why. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, so his son is, like, making, uh, and I think this picture that he made was for A24. I think it's called The Lovers. I don't know. It's it's some, like, husband and wife, they fall out of love, and they start banging other people, and then they, I, I don't even know. But anyways, that's Azazel Jacobs, Kenny's son, brother of Nissan. Oh, Nissan Ariana Window. Nissan Ariana Window Jacobs, that's her name. Not Moonroof. <laughs> I'm probably thinking of Moon Unit Zappa. Nissan Ariana Window Jacobs. <clears throat> yep. So there, that's a good thing I did look up my favorite movies of 2019, or otherwise, otherwise I wouldn't have seen Azazel, and I wouldn't have... All my memories of Kenny came flooding back. And then after all of that, he talked to me, you know, we chatted on the phone and he gave me, God, he gave me a recommendation for like, yeah, for the U. And there were other, I don't know. I don't know where else I applied to. I applied to other schools, I think, for communications, TV, radio, but it was all for grad programs. Eh. Uh, and then yada, 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 banking. <laughs> so happy ending for everyone. 
Oh, man. By the way, I just looked. It's at a commercial now, but obviously when I started this podcast, it's like, oh, God damn it, it's fucking 4 o'clock. i got to finish this up. i got to get out with my life. Uh, 24 to nothing. Houston is beating Kansas City 24 to nothing. What the fuck is happening right now? What is happening? So, yeah, I mean, I guess my NFL picks are a little bit dated. I completely missed yesterday. I would have been 50% on that. Oh man, I might, I might be, I might be zero and two for today. It's Kansas City. They're not going to win this game. That's going to be quite the comeback that they're going to have to mount. They can do it. I mean, it's early in the second quarter, but Jesus, they're really going to have to. Okay, here's here's a nice. Oh, here's a nice return at the forty. Oh, he's at the thirty, out of bounds at the twenty-five. Anyway, uh, so yeah. Oh boy, Houston. It's going to be Houston. And th- that, that sucks. If if Kansas City loses this, which is just looking like it, looking very likely, it's either going to be Houston or Tennessee in the goddamn Super Bowl. That that blows. That blows big time. Uh, okay, so I guess uh, John Mulaney's sack lunch bunch. That's a good show. I, I was going to just recommend that. I'm not going to play clips from it. I played enough clips. Uh, that was funny. It's kind of, you know, it's... Self-aware, it's ironic. It is relatively appropriate for kids to watch. Um, my kids watched it; they thought it was hilarious. We watched it over Christmas, holiday break, whatever it is. I don't know. It's funny. I'm just I'm reading my list of things I was going to talk about. The new Dracula TV show on Netflix. Uh, I was it's the same guys who did Sherlock, uh, you know, with uh, with Cumberbatch, and this Dracula show. Seems pretty good. I mean, it seems pretty true to the Bram Stoker thing. I mean, nothing is going to, nothing's going to take the pl- uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, you know, with Gary Oldman and Keanu and Winona, and Anthony Hopkins and Carrie Elways. Uh, that's not only my favorite, you know, of that kind of movie, of monster movie, Dracula movie. It's one of my favorite movies, period, of all time. Um, so. Yeah, so when any time a new Dracula anything comes out, I'm always going to compare it to that, and it's never going to live up to it. But I, I, I'm enjoying the new Dracula show on Netflix. But his fucking and and look, Dracula shows up. You know, Jonathan Harker goes to the castle. It's it's the it's the story that we know. Uh, and and Dracula comes down. He doesn't have like the gray butt haircut like Gary Oldman had in 1992. Uh, but his his accent like. I guess somehow by by sucking Jonathan Harker's blood, he's uh, you know he gets to ha- he has a better English accent and all this other stuff. Like okay, fine, uh, but his accent at the beginning of this show is. Uh, let's take a listen. Where there is flesh, there are flies. <laughs> In the morning, you will find the sunlight will be streaming through this window. Fortunately, the drapes are very thick. <laughs> the Please drapes. excuse the absence of my staff. Hey. They are not here at night. All right, enough of that. Maybe that's not the best example, but I just couldn't. I'm, I'm watching this. You know, Gary Oldman shows up in the uh, 1992, and he's like. Welcome to my land. I am Dracula. And it's like, ooh, yeah. Oh, man. That's 
that's pretty scary. And then this guy, the, the new Dracula, is like, Hey, buddy, the sunlight comes through the drapes. I do not drink wine, you know. I'm learning good English from you. You stay. I'm real bad dude. <laughs> In Transylvania, vampire bites you. Anyway. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. There's so there's just too much, man. Never gonna watch it. There's too many movies. Uh, I wasted 90 minutes watching The Fanatic, which is not a waste at all. But you know, it's <laughs> it's like, oh man, what a you know. That's the thing. When you watch something and it stinks, there's no time for that anymore. It used to be you had time to watch something that wasn't so great and like, eh, all right, well, whatever. But there's just so much TV and there's so many movies and there's so many things. And podcasts and video games, um, that uh, yeah, it's 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 one of the uh, it's one of the things that causes me the most stress and anxiety in my life. Like none of my real actual problems even come close to how like sick and stressed out I feel when I look at the ever increasing backlog of TV and movies, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger because there's just more movies. There's more stuff on Netflix, there's more stuff on Amazon, and Hulu, and HBO, and regular old TV, and then there's video games on top of that, and there's a backlog of podcasts, it's just, it's too much, it's overwhelming. Then you get these nice days in the middle of January where I'd normally be sitting inside on a Saturday doing nothing except catching up on movies and TV and video games, and then it's like, ah, it's warm, I feel obligated, we should go and, you know, make the most of it. And it's great. And I, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm in my deathbed. I'm, I'm going to look back and say, God damn, I'm glad we went and spent the day in Boston instead of like watching this, you know, this fucking guy, Dracula, talks like this. But still, I'm not at that point yet. I'm in the present. And in the present, I am stressed out about all the things that I haven't gotten to yet to watch. Anyway, so. <laughs> So there's Dracula. That's what Dracula sounds like. I was pleased to to uh, find out that Carrie and Nate, uh, super fans Carrie and Nate, watched Watchmen on my advice, on the advice of the Birthday Boy podcast. And yeah, Nate reminded me that I guess I failed to mention. Uh, you know, there's yeah, there's some blue penis there at the end. You know, with Doctor Manhattan, you get to see his his big blue dong. Which I don't see that necessarily as a negative. Uh, I heard from super fan Joe Shimo, who really enjoyed the Christmas episode, so that's cool. Thanks, Shimo. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Uh, hopefully, you can write to birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com and, uh, you know, shoot me a note. Birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. What else? I'm checking off this list, cleaning up my... That's it. I guess I got to everything. Everything that I wanted to get to. Um, all right. I think that's enough then. Let's uh, let's get out of here. I've got 5% battery on my laptop, so this is a good time to shut it down. I'm going to go continue watching the Chiefs lose. Oh, the Chiefs scored a touchdown. I missed it. Okay. 24 to 7. This is good. Keep, uh, keep fighting the good fight there, Chiefs. Hey, Patrick Mahomes. Better get up there. Win that game. Yeah, what is OJ doing? Is he on Twitter? I don't know. I'll have to check into that. Not that I care. Uh, I'm sure there's some sounding board theater stuff that I can do uh, next time. Not today, because we were 
exactly at two hours, just about. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up and we're going to have a, a grandma cliff call right at the end here. So stick around and yeah, like I said, birthday boy podcast at gmail.com, reach out, leave feedback, whatever you want to write, give five stars on iTunes, give feedback, share this on social media with your friends or in person. Just tell them like, Hey, you should listen to the birthday boy podcast. It's the greatest podcast. There is lie. They're not going to know. Just lie for me. Lie for this podcast. Prove your loyalty to this podcast and lie and tell your friends this is the greatest podcast on the face of the planet. Okay, enough, enough for me. Enough for this Sunday. The sun is going down, and I'm gonna. I've I've just spent the last two hours podcasting. Now it's time to it's time to be gone. Until next time, and I don't know when that is. I kind of had like a regular thing, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, somewhere in there was when the podcast was coming. I don't know. I don't know when the next one's gonna be. Just be patient, because the new it's just new, new schedules, new this, new that. So we'll uh, you know we'll figure it out. But in the meantime, hey, you just had two hours of a brand new podcast, episode thirty-two, the first episode, the first proper episode of twenty twenty. So there we go. That's it. I'm done. I'm gonna leave now. Uh, enjoy whatever the hell it is that you enjoy out there. Have a great week. Uh, bleh, kindness matters and all that shit. I, I, I'm done saying that. Yeah, yeah. live, <laughs> yeah, live. La- By the way, my youngest will occasionally just out of nowhere. She'll just like tug on my sleeve, and I'll be like, "Hey, what's up?" And she go, "Dad, don't forget, live, laugh, love." <laughs> uh, she's a pain in the ass, just like her old man. So yeah, that's it. Live, laugh, love, everybody, <laughs> and kindness matters, and all that bullshit. Okay, I'm going to go watch football and hopefully watch the Chiefs win uh, so they can go beat the Titans next week so that way there's nobody from the AFC South in the Super Bowl. God damn it, I hope that doesn't happen. Okay, gang, have a great week. Have a great uh, whatever, and uh, we'll talk to you next time right here on Birthday Boy Podcast. See you then. Talk to you then. Okay. Goodbye. Later, Gators.
you know, where we're from, because obviously that, I, that goes without saying, because you can tell from my accent that I'm clearly from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Cliff. Okay, Cliffy, I want to talk to you, because I've been watching this documentary picture on the, on the films, on the TV, and it's about this horrible, horrible person, and he's, he's got... He's got tattoos, and he's a murderer, and he's got vampire's teeth like a like a Dracula, and he's a killer, and he's horrible, and he's got the tattoos, Cliffy, he's got tattoos, and his name is Pazuzu, and I just wanted to make sure, because of course you're from Winston-Salem, and Pazuzu is from Winston-Salem, his name is Pazuzu Abazuzu, or something like that, I don't know, Pazuzu Alabazuzu. Pazuzu, Alabazoo, Pazuzu, Cliffy, Pazuzu. Do you know Pazuzu, Cliff? Anyway, listen, I don't want you associating with Pazuzu or any of Pazuzu's gang, his friends, uh, you know, his, his boys there. I hope you're not hanging out with Pazuzu, Cliffy. Don't you get any ideas to whittle down your teeth to look like a Dracula? And don't you get any ideas to get tattoos, Cliff? I don't want my little baby butter boy with tattoos. Okay, Cliff? You don't need any of that ink messing up your beautiful little baby butter boy buns, Cliffy. Your little buns that I used to pinch back when you were a little baby, Cliff. The only thing you put on those buns is a nice pair of gray slacks. No tattoos, okay? You son of a bitch, if you goddamn put a... Cliffy, I swear to Christ, if you put a goddamn tattoo on your buns or anywhere else, so help me, merciful, sweet baby... Butter boy, Jesus Christ, and Mary and Joseph Christ. I I'll disown you, Cliffy. I disown you, especially if you if you get these ideas from Pazuzu. And I could never stay mad at you, even if you were even if you were running with Pazuzu, Cliffy. I could never stay mad at my little grandson boy, my little baby boy, my sweet little Christmas and New Year's. And Valentine's Day, baby butter boy, little Cliffy boy, butter boy, baby boy, you're my Cliffy boy, Cliff. But Cliffy, you need to tell me the truth. I hope you're not running with the Pazuzu boys. Okay, Cliff, don't run with Pazuzu or any of his boys. You're a special little butter boy. You're not a Pazuzu boy. You're a butter boy, Cliffy. Okay, I just wanted to call and make sure that you're not with Pazuzu. And that you have no intentions of being anywhere near Pazuzu. And I also wanted to say what a wonderful time I had at the Womack Family Holiday Spectacular on Hilton Head Island, brought to you by Uncle Ben's Rice. Of course, I had a great time. Your Uncle Cliff had a great time. Your Uncle Cliff, uh, Cliffy Baseball, had a great time. Cousin Cliff had a great time. Cliff Duxtable had a great time. Macho Man Cliffy Savage. All those fucking Cliffs had a great time, Cliff. I don't need to list them all. You know who they are. But I, I, there was one Cliff I noticed was absent yet again from the spectacular, and his name is Cliff Womack, the original Cliff. Of course, there were many Cliffs before you, so I guess you're not really the original Cliff, but, you know, you're my original Cliff because you're the original butter boy. Oh, Cliffy, I don't know what to do. Just tell me you'll come to next year's spectacular and tell me you're not anywhere near that Pazuzu character. Oh, God damn it, Cliff. That's not why you missed the spectacular, is it? It's not because you were hanging out with Pazuzu, is it? 
Cliffy, if you missed the spectacular, it's bad enough you missed the Womack family holiday spectacular. To make matters worse, I hope it wasn't because you were hanging out with Pazuzu. It's on a, it's on a documentary, Pazuzu. It's called, uh, you know, Tales of Pazuzu. I don't know what the... I don't know what it's called, Cliffy, but it's bad news. He's bad news. He's bad news bears. Okay, you stay away from Pazuzu, Cliffy. You hear me? All right. Cliffy, I gotta go. I, I, I never thought I'd say this, but Cliff, if I find out that you missed the spectacular because you were with Pazuzu, I don't know what I'll do. I would actually, I would be happy to find out you stayed home to toggle your balls instead of coming to the spectacular as long as you weren't hanging out, sharpening your teeth, whittling them down to look like a Dracula, and hanging out with Pazuzu. All right, Cliffy. I need to go now. I need to rest. I need to lie down. Oh, it's too much It's too much to process. You missed the spectacular. You're probably toggling your balls. And, uh, and God knows, I, I just hope, I just hope. That's all I hope is I hope. I hope you're not hanging out with Pazuzu, Cliffy. Oh, God, Miss Dracula teeth. Okay, Cliffy, gotta go. It's Friday evening, so I'm sure, I'm sure you you are toggling your balls. I'm sure the pound pound's open for business, you sick, you sicko son of a bitch bastard, goddamn bastard, bastard son of a bitch. But I could never stay mad at you, my little baby Cliffy boy, my little beautiful baby boy, butter boy, Cliffy boy. All right, Cliff. I'll talk to you soon, or will I? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't hope I don't upset you, Cliffy, because I don't want you to. I don't want you to, to send Pazuzu after me. Oh God, don't send Pazuzu after me. Oh Jesus, Mary and baby, butter boy, Joseph Christ. Oh God. All right, Cliff, I have to go. I'll talk to you uh, sometime, maybe. Who knows? Okay, Cliff, this is Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call, Cliff. It's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Cliff, give me a call, Cliff. It's Grandma Cliff. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.